Hey everyone, welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks. It's me, Yolanda Yvette, public speaker, public speaking coach, author, and your podcast host. A little housekeeping real quick for y'all. If y'all want to be on the show or have questions um, for me, please email me at Speaks at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook or Instagram with the same name, Yolanda Yvette Speaks, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Y-V-E-T-T-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. So today on the show, I have a kingdom success expert, business strategist, and ex-psychologist who has consulted with me on business strategies to increase their influence, income, and impact through structure of ministry, business, and community programs. She is an advocate and survivor of childhood sexual abuse and domestic violence. She has counseled many children and women on letting go of fear and inner turmoil so they can maximize their capabilities. She helps you align with success kingdom mindset, get your excuse me, get on your call to serve, also teaches about integrating and increasing your ministry, business, and community programs without the internal battle or making costly mistakes. She educates us from a place of personal and educational experiences. She coaches from mistakes and lessons learned while building a consecutive multi, multiple seven-figure earning mental health practice and multiple ministries non-profit and for-profit businesses. She is the founder of Hashtag Kingdom CEO Network and Academy, Omega Alpha New Ministries, OAN Life Church and Christian Academy, CO to CEO, Anthony Barnes Concrete, One Accord Construction, and many other businesses and community programs. Also, she is the best-selling author of Speak Out, No More Secrets, in her new chapter in a book compilation, No More Residue, with her chapter, From Prison to the Palace. That was a lot. That was a lot, y'all. So we're going to welcome to the show, welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks, Ms. Linda Barnes. Thanks for having me, Yvette. Oh, you are welcome. You are welcome. Again, you are welcome. You are welcome. I I am such a fan of yours right now. You already know it because we, we already had conversations on conversations. So we just going to jump right up into this thing. Okay. So yes. just tell us in your own words, just a little bit about yourself, even though I just read, um, you know, your intro, just let us know a little bit about yourself. So, you know, I'm for the kingdom of the kingdom of the kingdom the kingdom of 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 the you know, I help um, spread the word of God, um, helping people, you know, grow a relationship with God, building God's kingdom here on earth. Okay, I, now how does one how does one do that? Like, I actually use you know different ministries, business, kingdom principles. You know, I, I use the kingdom principles and foundation in everything in my life, my business, and in ministry. And, you know, okay. just, you know, spread. I use every aspect of what I do to um, further the kingdom and let people know, hey, there's a God and this is what he could do for you because he did it for me. All right. So we're going to talk about the business aspect in a little bit because... Um, in your intro, you said going, you know, you were a sexual abuse, um, childhood sexual abuse victim or yep. survivor, yeah, actually, um, domestic violence survivor as well. Yeah. So how do we go from that to being like, hey, God, I love you, trust you with the things that, that happened in your past? Well, it, 
took a process and God showed me this process to where it was called um, heart, head, heel, thrive, where I went through like a forgiveness process. Um, I took an inventory of all the hurt and pain that was caused um, from the childhood trauma and the domestic violence. Um, and, and even blaming my parents and I blame God as well. So I made an inventory of all the hurt and pain that I felt. And then I, I started forgiving people um, that have hurt me. I forgave myself and I actually forgave God because I was angry at God. You know, people feel like you shouldn't get angry at God, but I'm like, God's a big God. He can take it and he understands it, you know? So how did, how did we get to forgiveness though? Because that's some strong stuff to forgive. Yes, for me, it took a realization and like building a relationship with my faith to know, well, you know, my faith, I accept Jesus as my savior. So if God sent Jesus to forgive me and to take my sins, um, who am I to not forgive somebody else? So um, going with that, um, I took on you know the responsibility of saying, hey, and you know, sometimes, well, most times forgiveness is a process for us, um, ourselves. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really, um, the other person may not, you know, even accept your forgiveness, but, or even care about it, but it's, it's a process for us to um, letting go of all that hurt and pain. And that's kind of like the starting point is actually realizing that, hey, this hurt, and pain is causing me to be bound or held back and then how can you let go is a forgiveness forgive forgiving them um and moving forward and like i said for me the ultimate forgiveness was forgiving god um and letting go of that anger um, of being angry at god how long did did because it, it sounds like the Okay, when people say, oh, I forgave them, I feel like it sounds easy, like it's just an easy process. Like, okay, I forgive you, you know, and they just keep it moving, but I feel like it's a process. Like, it's not an overnight um, turnaround from you've done something to me to, all right, I forgive you, we cool. So how long was your, like, how long was your process, like, in in escalation? it It definitely is a process. And everyone's different. Everybody has different processes. For me, it took me realizing actually that the trauma was causing issues in my adult life because I never really dealt with it in my childhood. So my childhood was pretty good and okay for me. But as Mm -hmm. an adult, things started showing up where, um, you know, the anger and feeling resentment towards my parents and um, angry at men and um, it just came out that way and I didn't know until you know I had to like think to myself like what's going on with me Um, why am I so angry and um, then I made I, I actually went to counseling and picked up a technique where I wrote a letter to my abuser and I put all the emotions and everything I felt about my parents and the situation that happened and um, you know the different hurts and pains that and trauma that I was feeling and put all that emotion on paper um, and it started a letting go process for me wow so you wrote this letter expressing everything all all your emotions in this letter and what happened with the letter after that? Was it given to the person or? No, or, I don't have like, contact with that person. Um, and I don't, wouldn't advise if You know, some people, the, if it's not a tra- as traumatic situation, it's okay to, to let them see the letter, um, to let them know how you feel. Because um, everybody has a different letting go process. But for me, I burnt the letter. And um, that ultimately started um, my healing process and because it, it was like a breaking of a tie for me. Mm. Yeah, because that stuff like that can affect, like you said, it affected you as an adult because it was never dealt with 
um, as a child, as a child. So as a child, did you tell your parents or this was something that you told them in your adulthood? I told, I told, try to tell them as a child, but um, it was more like, okay, um, I don't think he'll ever do that. So they were very naive to the fact that he would even do something like that. Um, So Mm. after that, I kind of like kept quiet about everything because it was, and he used that to his advantage as well, where he's like, well, that escalated from the molestation to now rape. Um, And, you know, it was them denying that or even thinking that it would happen being in denial that you know it went on for a a long time wow that is is, there's so much to unpack as a child because now you're like this is happening the people who are supposed to protect me and love me and care for me are like "Mm, nah that's not a thing you're lying and then so my goodness so you just had yourself. That's all you had was was yourself. I am the baby of the family, so I really had myself. And um, the the brain is so intriguing to me that um, the way how the brain protects you as the as the as the person, my brain actually like kind of like wiped it away from me. Like it came to a point where. I didn't remember what yeah. happened. Like I know it happened, but I didn't remember what happened, and that's part of the brain protecting, you know, itself. Oh wow! Oh wow! So it that's... never really affected me as a child. Um, I just knew that okay, this happened. My parents told me, you know, they don't they don't think it happened, and. I went through the whole process and kind of, as I got older, forgot about, not forgot about it, but the brain was like, okay, this didn't happen. Cause I guess I constantly told myself, well, my parents said it didn't happen. So it didn't happen. Until it revealed itself like, uh, no, something happened. (laughs) I can't even remember. Oh, yes. You can't I, remember I, I, like the detail, the, the details of it all. Detail, but I think it came to the forefront when um, I got in my first relationship. Well, and he he started to have um, abusive attributes, and then mm-hmm. it started to trigger, you know, the things and the memories and things like that to come back and show up that you had to deal with and so now you had to deal with those memories and everything that happened and this abusive (laughs) man all at the same time yes ma'am sure did dr linda barnes you've been through a lot honey okay we're gonna change we're gonna change the subject for real okay we're gonna talk about business okay we're gonna talk about business (laughs) so how did this all come to to the business as aspect and like earning seven figures earning the seven figures it started um as a vision um god had given me a vision and he given me a vision he gave me a vision that i was helping um, women and kids through mental health and then he actually showed me um, my ministry, which um, I had a church. And then he showed me everything, like the school, the church, all the community programs I had, um, even the different business ventures that was tied to the ministry, which led me to structure the business um, a certain way um, that later I learned um, through getting coaches and consultants how to structure it correctly and which later on we'll talk about like how the structure actually was a technicality for me going to prison um but yes um the way how it was structured and um just 
the, the, the following the vision that God gave me and then, you know, my background, I have a MBA in healthcare management and I have my PhD in Christian counseling. And then, you know, my both my parents are entrepreneurs, even my grandparents were entrepreneurs. So I think I was born with the entrepreneur spirit um, and a, a passion for business. So, um, you know, just putting the plans and different techniques and strategies in place um, where, where it comes to like a client experience when they come from the time they come in the door, even targeting um, a certain kind of client because I was a specialist in working with women and kids um, that have either been through sexual abuse or domestic violence. So it goes back to all the, the, the principles of business and applying that to even a ministry to get, you know, gaining the success and Ultimately, it was all owed to God because He gave me the vision and the steps to, to um, put it in place. Okay, your your faith is out of this world. Okay, so we're gonna take it back just a little bit. So how do you, how do we develop this strong faith that you have? For me, it, it took. I grew up Catholic, so I I wasn't raised this way. I mean, I know my, my parents went to church. We said the Nicene Creed and, and the Apostles' Creed. Every Sunday, we sung the same hymns and things every Sunday. And it wasn't until I actually um, got older and went through the process of um, the, like kind of like the healing from the domestic violence. Um, and it started with like, I, was going through the, the domestic violence and um, I was saying to myself, God, I know that this relationship cannot be the marriage that you meant for me to have because this can't be love. And then a lady um, invited me to a revival and the experience from the revival kind of piqued my interest as to what kind of what you know a different type of relationship with God so then I started mm. to dive deeper and wanting a deeper relationship to find out okay well if this God loves me the way they say he loves me how can I how can I get that how can I feel that and um, that's what actually started my relationship with God it was on a personal level so I developed a personal level in um, reading the word and knowing the, you know knowing it for myself and um, talking to him like I talk to anybody <laughs> like even if I'm having a bad day it'll be like okay God I don't know what's going on but um, you need to handle my day because I can't do it and um, it's just you know prayer I listen to the pod even if it's just instrumental worship music I do that every day I um, pray every day have a conversation with God um, you know ask him to guide my day you know thank you and I thank him a lot very grateful you know listen the gratitude gets you get you a long way yes it does being, being grateful and yeah because you you have um we talked before and we were talking about a position of favor and that is truly upon your life because we're going to talk a little bit about again uh, you know about your past a little bit so now we're going to get into the prison to the palace right yes so you were you were in prison for 18 months or so right yeah um so go ahead and tell the listeners about prison like you you were living living your living your best life then all of a sudden now you're in prison and then now you come to the palace so let's talk about the whole prison thing so basically um you know growing the ministry um i say the ultimate reason why i went to prison was due to my disobedience um during the growth process of the ministry and businesses God told me to basically pray over everyone that I was bringing into the business. And it was a couple of people that I didn't. I felt, I, I moved out of emotion, like, hey, I know these people, um, let me help them out. So I gave them positions in the organization, um, not thinking that, okay, well, God told me to pray everyone and he would give me the people to bring into the organization. 
and ultimately, you know, my disobedience um, through the actions of those people led to my incarceration. And also um, why I teach on structuring um, ministry and business, especially if you want to grow a ministry to something like multiple seven figures is the structure because um, when I started out, I started out with a structure and then when I became, you know, I was a small private practice in a 10 by 10 office and then I eventually grew to a, a excuse me, to a mental health community center. So um, I actually forgot to change my structure with the Medicaid department. So that technicality also clinched me going to prison. They were like, hey, you have everybody in the organization on your organizational chart in place, but in our system, you never switched over to the structure that you have now. And we have to go with what we have on our in our system. So um, that technicality actually led to me going to prison. But I own it that it was the fact that you know, if I prayed over the people, everybody that was supposed to come into the organization and waited for God to give his okay instead of acting out of emotion and bringing in people that I thought I was helping, you know, it probably would have never happened. Oh, wow. Okay, so it sounds like, okay, like you said, you were disobedient. You knew you were supposed to do something, but you didn't. And then you ended up getting caught for fraud. And they're like, yeah, well, you got to go. And meanwhile, you're like, all I had to do was what I was supposed to do, which probably took all of two minutes to do. (laughs) And you had to pay for it. Yeah. You know, and um, it was, you know, I say, I used to say it was a, it was a hard price. And then I had a coach that said, you know, obedience is, is better than sacrifice and you sacrifice everything that you know God allow you to have and grow and build for like you said two minutes of asking him hey and praying over the people that you were supposed to bring in my good two minutes for 18 months <laughs> like <Yes>. that <laughs> That's what it, in my mind, I'm like, two minutes for 18 months. And like, now you're away from friends, family members. Um, and of course, you know, life is going on without you while you're inside. So the acclimation process of getting out, um, when does that actually start start for you? Cause you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm about to get. Cause this whole situation of being in here is is tough, right? So getting out and knowing what you're about to face, cause you don't know even know what you're about to face when you're walking out those doors of prison, right? So when does the acclimation process start in your mind of what to kind of maybe expect when you walk out, you know, as a free woman? Well, it's different for everyone, and for me, because I was at such peace in prison. Um, coming home I think I was like naive to think that everything would just jump back and be normal and um, I came home and I got hit with like a ton of bricks <laughs> like uh-uh, life went on without you and it was pretty hard to deal with because I had to deal with um, feeling like my kids resented me because I wasn't there you know for a lot of events and um, Mm -hmm. my spouse um, doing things that was not under covenant, you know, and um, I kind of felt like I was alone. So it took a while for me to get acclimated again. Um, And for some, it's still, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle because when I came home, even though I tried to jump back into the space of like, okay, well, I'm going to go back into business and I'm going to coach and I'm going to do this and I'm going to be in ministry and I'm going to do that. It was very hard because I didn't really deal with the stuff that happened when I came, you know, when I came home. That that happened when I wasn't there. Um, and God had to sit, sit me down and was like, hey, you got to deal with this stuff. And 
I actually almost committed suicide. And it's it, it happens because, you know, on social media, after I got home, it was like every month, it was like either somebody OD'd or somebody, okay, well, somebody has posted, okay, this person went back to this or this person committed suicide, or this person OD. So, you know, for me, I actually went through, you know, that the thought of feeling alone and feeling like I was left um, empty because I, lo- I felt like I lost so much and um, I actually tried to commit suicide. It's because, okay, so your support team wasn't really there to support you when you got out because they felt like you neglected them. Exactly. Right? Kind of? Yes. Wow. Um, my husband kind of resented me and my kids because he had also had a trauma that he was dealing with with losing his mom and then my kids had you know things going on um, that they couldn't call and ask me about or talk to me at, at the moment you know because in prison it's mm-hmm. set times to use the phone it's set times for this at the time for everything so when things was actually going on they couldn't you know I wasn't readily accessible as I always was and I think you know they kind of had a resentment did they come visit you while you were in prison your husband oh, yes. and kids oh yes I was grateful but for that, 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 that you know to not be behind bars and not be able to see my kids or talk to them um I was grateful for my husband and my my mom for bringing you know my kids to see me and even being able to see them as well because it's a lot of women that are behind bars that don't have um you know they don't get money they don't get visits they don't get calls and i see i saw people struggle um and those are the ones that you know eventually come back home and go back to the streets or go back to drugs or go back to all that negative stuff so how, how far away from were you from your family like prison wise uh it, I'm, it, i was in the same state but it was like a good okay. drive a good distance <laughs> okay was, so you were able to probably see them more than than other people who are out of state yes yeah okay okay Wow. So you said you had peace in prison. Those two things don't, that doesn't seem like it even goes hand in hand. Like, how do you have peace in prison? Like that, that sounds like a book of its own, child. What? I, I went in the, in my book project, Normal Residue, I actually talk about the bus ride to prison, the realization of getting off the bus and realizing like, yo, I'm really finna go to prison for something I didn't do. And um, I went through like a, a mental breakdown, like right within myself. And then it was like, God said, snap out of it. Um, I got you. Even though um, in the book, you gotta read where I talk about God telling me I wasn't supposed to go to prison or even sign the deal that I did, but um, I did sign. And um, in that room, he said, go back to your faith. And I, I asked him to give me peace beyond my understanding. And he actually did. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was so surreal for me. Um, but, you know, I kept, like I kept deepening my relationship with him throughout the whole process. Um, so I think that gave me more peace. It's like I engulfed myself in reading and um, I went to like every church service they had. If they had four church services a day, I was there. And it, by the time the guards already knew, okay, church, Linda, Linda Barnes, come on, church starting. And I'll be like, it, it, sometimes it used to be a fight to get to church. And then they started realizing, well, some people were just going to church just to go to church, you know, just get out the dorm. But um, they started making like a list, like, okay, we know the people that really want to go to church, go to church, you know, to to have a relationship. So I was one of the top ones on that list. 
Wow, you found peace in prison. That is, like I said, that, God, good gracious, that makes you put things into perspective. Like, dang, the stuff that goes on in our lives, you know, daily, and you sitting here finding peace in prison. And we, some people out here getting upset because they don't know what to cook for dinner. You know? <laughs> it ain't like, I don't know if I want some hamburger or if I want to make meatloaf, and they upset. It really gave me a time to deepen my relationship with God. And I think that's where the 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 the, the peace, the unsurpassed, the under the ununderstandable peace came from because um before that it was like, you know, it took me three years to build a multi-million dollar ministry in all the different businesses. And the last two years of being that multi-million dollar ministry and business, it was like, it was like a tug of like, okay, God was telling me to build. Okay, he basically told me I build the business, now focus on building my church. And it was like a tug of war for me. So um, I kind of had to like step back and like, you know, try to figure out like, hey, okay, God, I know you said build the business, but then I had other life situation where I let my emotions guide me to say, well, okay, well, I can't build your church because I don't think I'm ready. And then I don't think I'm supposed to build it. I think my husband's supposed to do this and he ain't ready. So I don't know about building no church. <laughs> but in reality, um, it, like I said, back to that disobedience is like, gotta be obedient to God to you know to get and stay in that position of favor and I, I had the I was in the position of favor but I took myself out of the you know the position and out of that cover and be through my disobedience and through all the emotion and my free will um and then coming back home and him saying hey the original vision is still the vision and you gotta stay under that position of favor to get to you know back to the vision so it sounds like you actually took that time and used it wisely you you used it you just like well i'm just i'm just here i'm just gonna ride it out you actually used it to to um prosper and didn't even realize you were gonna be prospering you know what i'm saying but you but you used it wisely I say that about people now, even in, in the COVID-19 situation. And I'm like, whatever people are doing now during the COVID situation, you're going to be able to see who is planting seeds when this whole thing is over. Because some people are just like, eh, whatever. I'm, you know, not, I'm just, I'm just chilling. I'm just working or they're so frustrated about the whole thing. I'm like, but you're going to be able to see, you know, who is planting seeds with their business or who is planting seeds with their faith or who is planting seeds, you know what I'm saying? Just to see the growth when all of this come, you know comes out because some people are going to come out of this thing the same way they came into it miserable complaining you know no growth process at all um but to see that you were in a situation that you were in and you were able to find peace and you were able to plan um for yourself and your family and your future that's it's inspirational because you were able that's, to use your time wisely. That's so true. But trust me, when I came home, all of that went out the window because now it was Oh, like, absolutely. You know, I'm back in that mental prison. So it was not so much of the physical prison. It was like the inner prison that I kept myself mm-hmm. in once I got home. So then I had, you know, God took me back to, hey, the, the heart, head, heal, thrive process for me. And... I took myself back through the forgiveness process and um, getting shifting my mindset to think on the positive things and the things that God had already given me, you know, and then the pro- just taking the time to go through the process of healing, even though it was frustrating because I was like, well, God, I was there already and everybody's telling me and my coaches are telling me, well, since you were there already, it's easier for you to get there, but it's like the time, it's like, okay, well, why I ain't there yet? And then I actually had a Christian coach that was like, um, well, baby, uh, he gave it to you easy. 
you became a multimillionaire in three years. Hardly people do that, you know? So now you were disobedient. So now you got to work for it. And I was like, you know what, lady? Okay, whatever. But in reality, I took that and went home and sat down yeah. and thought about it. And it was true. You know, I got it easy and I took it for granted um, through my disobedience. So now he's like, you got to work your way back. <laughs> to, right. this, to this thing and you do that by staying on the position of favor and now it's, it, I'm not going to say it's a longer process because I actually took my husband's company he he didn't he didn't give it to me he, he gave it to my husband but me and my husband are one and he used mm-hmm. the same strategies that I used um, in my mental health business and ministry to apply it to his construction business and now that's thriving um and i had to realize like you know it doesn't always have to be my name on something you know right and um i started to use that in helping other people in you know seeing other people succeed because of the things that the knowledge got and the knowledge and wisdom that god gave me and that's why i started the coaching programs and things that I, i've done i'm floored because like i said you you found your peace you had a plan you got a deeper relationship with with god while you were you know like i said you used your time wisely which was deepening your relationship with god you know um but like you said when you came out the plan kind of went out the window but it didn't because you already had deepened that relationship with god like you already had a connection that was there even though it was being tested but you were able to cultivate that while you were in there so it was it was accessible still to you um you just had to find it again um so yeah the peace in prison my goodness that was that's that's crazy so do you ever reach back out to those that are in the system still and trying to help them or those that got out like what's what's the because like you said you're in you're in prison twice you ha- you're in prison physically right and then when you get out you're in prison mentally yeah and that's even a harder i think me i don't know if it's one is harder than the other but I, I i don't know but i feel like that in my mind i feel like the mental one would be harder to break yeah because the other one's just a physical building this one is is you you yes I do. Um, I did create a program because God led me to create this program called COCEO, and it basically um, teaches women the kingdom principles, um, and then it also touches on the entrepreneurial side of creating self-sufficiency through entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. it's fairly. I've created it and started it and it's fairly new, um, but I'm going to focus, especially with my story coming out in No More Residue, um, I'm going to use that as a platform to um, help other women, um, you know, coming home from prison as well. Because it is hard, but you don't, they don't have, some of them don't have a support system. And even if they do, some might feel that it's no support still. So mm-hmm. um, I know how that feels. So definitely, I always use the negative things that I have that has happened in my life to help other people. I use my testimony to help other people as my ministry. Okay. So do you believe coming out of the system, uh, your best bet probably is to own your own? Yes. business to create your own yes it definitely is um not even with just coming out of prison like period you know even though you might have a job you know you gain certain skills on different jobs i have different jobs i work for state government in the in legal um i've worked mm-hmm. for uh, big community development companies in hr um, I mean, I've had jobs where I've gained skills and skill sets, and I use those in business. Um, and um, I can say, you know, 
it, 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 it was it, it's a good thing to have your own um right that's why I got <laughs> because I was actually working for state government and felt like mm, I can't I just can't anymore it's something deeper that I wanted it within and that job was not given it and a lot of people get that that inner turmoil where they feel like they're they need to do something deep and um working a job is not going to get it and I help people with that because it's a lot of people that are called to serve in different areas and having a job yes you have a job because okay yes you're financially stable there but it's other things you can do to diversify you know having a ministry and a business and and community programs and I use different different techniques to pull those things out and, and the strategies from business to structure and um, have things, you know, fall into place that way. Um, because, you know, I think everyone needs to have that, try at least try entrepreneurship. Um, right. Right. So let me ask you this. So the person who's like, I don't know what I want to do. I, you know, like that's, that's a common thing. Like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm not sure what I'm good at. I don't know. I don't know. You know, they just work. They're just working. But they, like you said, they want more, but they don't know what they want to do. But they want to do something. They want to own a business. They're like, I don't know what business. I don't know what I'm good at. I just, I don't know. That's how their whole thing is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So are you the person that they're going to come to to be like, we're going to figure out what you're good at, like what you can do or what you maybe what area you might should move into or they should already have some type of clue before they work with you um i work i work on both ends of the spectrum um i use my psychological background on one end and then i use my business um strategies on one end so the person that don't know what they want to do i have them do an assessment assessment call and then um, well they actually do the assessment first it's the online assessment which is it's I don't want to say personality test but it actually asks questions about 80 to 100 questions about things they like to do um, and things they don't like to do and it rates it and then it gives me um, areas that they're good at and what they could work in and um, from whatever the assessment says I say hey and then I do another physical assessment on the phone where I ask like skill sets um, past experiences and things like that and um, come up with um, you know maybe an area that they should be working in because hmm. like we, the, we side, for the people that already have um, businesses and they right. still don't feel the fulfillment um, for me, I like I said, I was working in that job, and I was actually um, working in the legal department. And at first, it was fulfilling for me, but then I was like, "This is not it." And um, I had to pray about it. I'm like, God, I'm like, what? It, what is it that you're calling me to do? And He called me to counseling, and that's why I went back to school and got my degrees and stuff and started the practice but um i also go through a process of uh it's called an acceleration session where they answer questions about you know things that they want to do um like the things that they're doing and then we get on the phone and talk about you know ways to because there's ways to incorporate you know your skill set god is calling you to do this but your passion is doing this and your purpose. The purpose is like taking your experiences and um, you know helping other people um, get through and overcome things. So I take all three of those things and I come up with a structure and it's called the Maximized um, Ministry Structure. And um, you know, you could have your passions on one side, you could have your businesses, your ministries and community programs. You don't have to, you know, the, the marketplace tells you, oh, you know, do one thing. But for me, I was able to get in every area that I needed to fulfill 
um, to, to feel that fulfillment through the way I structured the businesses and the ministry and all the community programs that I have. Okay, so your passion and your gifts are two different things. Gifts um, and talents and skills, different. Your passion could be just things that you like to do. Your hot, you know, like I just I just made some earrings, earrings, and I was like, okay, I think I like this. So now, um, hey, what if I start making some jewelry? I can make that into a business eventually if that's the case, you know. So you things you have a passion for. Um, my purpose is helping people get through domestic violence, childhood sexual abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I have my call, which I incorporate that in everything I do. So that's why um, I created the structure. So my call is to serve God first. And I do that by serving his people. And how do I serve the different range of people? It's through the different things that I've been through. I use that testimony to touch those different people. But I've actually created businesses and ministries and community programs to touch those people. So that's funny because some people are like, I don't know what I'm passionate about, but yet they have hobbies. So your passion and hobbies is pretty much intertwined because it's something that you love doing. Like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like doing it, you know. Then you have your your purpose is something that fulfills you. Yeah. And then all of it does because, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I was... I, I was still in counseling, but I was I was feeling fulfilled to a certain extent. But it's still, like it was like one little niche of something missing, mm-hmm. you know. And then I got into um, what was it? The fitness pit. I have a, a a business called a Body Wrap Slim, and that actually um, came out of an issue that my daughter was having. Um, that I created products for, you know, the, how the body reacted to certain things. So it had, it was weight loss products and spa products and, you know, just like a self-care type of thing. Um, and evolved, it evolved into a whole other industry um, to where I only market right now to um, salons and, you know, private owned salons mm-hmm. and things like that. But, um, you know, it's different ways to incorporate different things, especially with the way how it's structured. All right, because we we were talking, and I told you before, like I t- I've taken so many tests, and they always say um, hospitality. No matter what I do, no matter how many times I've taken this test and changed my answers or whatever, it always hospitality is one of the top three. Um, usually it's like one, two, and then it, it's going to be up there. And it's going to be up there no matter what. No matter what I do, it, it won't escape me. Um, but we were talking about the different avenues of hospitality because my mindset was always like, I don't want to be an usher. I don't want to be serving no cake and punch, you know, at, at the, in church. So, But we were talking about how hospitality, hospitality has different forms, um, yeah. even through, like you said, through this podcast or, you know, it, it's more than one way it's it's not so cookie cutter of being like hospitality is just this right here which is eye opening because I always was like I don't want to be the door greeter <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, each each area um, and that's when you know someone gets on a call with me and, they, and I go over their results but I don't just tie it to that one area. I also look at their skill sets. Like, okay, well, your skill set is this, um, but you have experience in this, and then you're passionate about this, and you know you feel your purpose is this, and try to tie it all together. See that right? That's that's, that's good because there's a lot of listeners out here that don't know. Yeah, it's, and that's where you know. I actually um, analyze because I'm very analytical um, when it comes to things like that. And then I'll say, well, hey, well, you know, um, well, because it says this, that doesn't mean you have to stay in this area. You can create a business that ties this, this and this together. But, you know, you still have that as a foundation. 
Oh, that's see, that's good. That's good stuff right there. Because again, like I said, there's a lot of listeners out here who who are unsure about what they want to do. They want to do something. They're just like, hey, I'm another because a lot of times people feel this way when their birthday rolls around. Like, oh, I'm X, you know, X amount old. I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. You know what I'm saying? I haven't accomplished anything. Um, this whole year passed by. I didn't do anything. I'm in the same position I was last year. I want to do something different. I'm approaching this age. I thought I should have been here by now, but I'm not. You know, and that still goes back to finding out what it is that you're passionate about, what your purpose is, what your skill sets are, and making them all come together. And then now you'll find, you know, it'll work, whatever works for you. And that's what Dr. Linda Barnes does. Yes, right? Yes. <laughs> We'll help them get on the straight and narrow path. Yes. I I I love all of this. I love all of this. So I'm not gonna hold my listeners up any longer. How do they get in touch with you? So I could be reached at uh, my website. It's um, Dr. Linda Barnes, D-R-L-Y-N-D-A, D-A-R-N-E-S dot com it's a contact sheet on there if you want to book me for speaking engagements um if you want to fill out that assessment if you want to jump on a um acceleration call it the contact form is there um also on facebook instagram everywhere on social media my my handle is at dr linda barnes and also um you could book um those same calls on social media as well Listen, y'all, she's the truth. She is the truth. She's going to get you set, straight, and ready to go. Uh, I love it because this this lady right here, she is positioned for favor, and, and her favor is going to ooze out upon you as well because uh, her connection with God is crazy, crazy strong, you know? So, all right, y'all, this is another episode. I appreciate Dr. Linda Barnes for being here. Thank you so much again. Um, y'all, this is Yolanda Event Speaks, and I'm gonna holla at y'all again another day. All right, y'all, bye, y'all.